Welcome to another episode of Pod Jerky. I'm Master Impressive. Today we're showcasing Dank Harv, a hip-hop artist from Detroit who has ties to Toronto as well. Dank Harv has been in this game for a while and is super active these days, releasing his own albums, collaborating with the Toronto Squad, which includes Thrust OG, who's making some big moves right now in the industry, and various other artists and music producers. Welcome. Hey, bless up, bless up, my guy. Appreciate you having me on the show. It's good to have you on because we're trying to support the squad. There's a whole bunch of you guys. We're actually doing interviews about all you guys, and they're going to be coming out eventually in the next couple of weeks. The main message to all you guys is we're wishing you the best, and we really hope that you guys just crack this thing, this thing that's just keeping everybody down, all these roadblocks that keep showing up, and that seems to be happening to a lot of the artists that we've been covering. They've hit these walls, man. You know, you can choose to either actually just break through that wall or stop. Yes. It's a lot of different combinations. It's like a combination like you get when you go into middle school and you get your first locker and you got to lock your locker and you got to remember your combination. These situations don't come by chance or luck. It comes by creativity, hard work, and a handful of people that's dedicated to the situation, that's grounded, that's humble, that's willing to work. Um, multiple streams, not just music, um, multiple things, multiple streams of income so they yep. can get back to the artistic form of this music or artistic form. Because as I look at it, being an artist, and what I mean by artist, that's all shapes, forms, insides of the creativity form, poetry, rapping, singing, dances, graffiti, um it's a major task and i say this is one of the hardest jobs because with this job there is no retirement there is no safety net there's no weekly pay you got to be doing something and as these times and changed and then switched over so many times and the game has changed and evolved in so many different ways the ways to earn in this music business is totally different from when i first started from when i first fell in love with music for when I first got my first deal, before I first got my first everything, this is totally a new game now. I'm learning myself in this process. And the biggest push that I'm learning from, I'm learning from my sons, uh, my 15-year-old son and my 23-year-old son, Main Soul, which he does music too. And my 15-year-old son, he shoot all my visuals and he produces just as well. Their itch and their ear helped me um, navigate and help me to just go, just go. Uh, what you waiting for? Like they tell me, um, the consumer ear, the young consumer ear is, it's not long. Okay. I listen to it. I vibe to it. What you got next? What you got? Um, there's no put this project out and work this for four, five, six, seven months. Like we used to them days is over with. You got to be producing. I was talking to DJ Kimo in an interview that we just did, and he said the main thing that he learned just by doing this music up till now and some of the advice that he could give to some of the people that are starting out right now is 
you have to have as many streams as possible going and playlists. You got to be on the right playlists. And he was talking about the old school mentality of how to do business and how to get paid for your tracks or your mixing, your DJing, whatever. It's completely different. Some people said you could go on YouTube and get a beat for like 40 bucks. You can go on YouTube and get top tier production just as well. Because at this time right now, I've been in this music business for many, 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 many moons and seen the, the ups and downs and had a fabulous time. But with this situation now, with the younger generation, it's right now. There's no waiting. Everybody cooking up. They cooking up fast. If you want to wait around, this, this, is that, and the other, you're going to be left in the dust. If you're waiting for a visual, how they doing it now? They shooting and go. That's it. Yeah. You can't wait two, three weeks to get one video back no more. We can't do that. That's impossible. That will f your whole f schedule and your whole promo. The younger generation, they shooting and going. They recording and going. Um, they mastering quick. They cooking up. The quality of the material may not be there, but um, who am I to judge? The young generation went in and found the lane for themselves. They didn't have no OGs to father them, to educate them what this music business was. Some of them just jumped out, jumped out there and just tried some shit and made a hit. How they got it set up, you do one damn song, you have a platinum or gold record. It was never possible like that. You had to work that record for forever to even think of reaching that. So myself personally, I like how the game has changed in its ways to get in there. Uh, yeah, you can jump on a couple of playlists, this is that and the other. But if you hustling and you dropping and you have a team, you can't do this shit by yourself. That's right. You got to yeah. have a team. And just produce and just just put the material out there because the key to this thing is the publicist. <laughs> That's the key. And people overlook the publicist. The publicist gets you to where you need to get to. Whether it's a, a low-key low publicist, get your hands on a big-time publicist, they're going to put you right where you need to be. All you got to do is have your things together. What I've learned from the GOAT, from Dilla, is being prepared. Be prepared for every situation. Just be prepared. If you're trying to do this, have your plan together. If you got a record coming, get your visuals and get everything situated. Get your contacts so you're going to just be prepared. Actually, that reminds me, we did an interview with Jeff Smith, and he's a local um, musician who did the intro and outro theme for our podcast. This cat is super talented. He's a rock guy. And he was right on the verge of just going to the next level. And he said that there was one little, it wasn't a mistake, but it's something that I guess they didn't foresee or something that they didn't prepare for. And I think it had to do something with having the album produced and ready to take on the road to sell your copies and th something yeah. along those lines. And, and I guess they wasted most of their budget on the promotion side, but not the actual production side. But he talks to the same thing that you just brought up. You got to have your shit prepared because if you don't, that yeah. one chance that you might get mm -hmm. would be gone. And then that's it. You're done. That was your chance. That's your chance. With each scenario, when you go into a studio, 
There's no time to sit there and write a song. You better already have your song ready to go when you get in there. I was taught there's no leisure time to be hanging out. Ain't no leisure time. When I step inside my room to record, it's time to work. If I'm not hitting the clock, I'm still getting up at the same time to work on my shit. If I can go work on the man shit, I got to get up and work on my shit just as well. Well, I can't sleep to 10. I got to get up at 7 o'clock and start listening. I got fresh ears. Roll up, have a tea, uh, hit the playback. Uh, what did I do last night? This, this is then the other. It's just being prepared, having the correct information on the people who you're dealing with, with the music and everything. Just being prepared. Nowadays, people don't know how to be prepared. People just want what they want, but at the end of the day, not understanding it's a process. Um, shit don't happen overnight. Nothing I ever done happened overnight. It's always a process. Patience is virtual. If we didn't have patience for this music shit, it would have never happened. That's one thing I respect about all you guys. You guys grind, man. You're out there hustling all the time. You don't stop. You don't give up. You don't give in. You just keep going. You just keep going, keep going, keep going. Like right now for me, I'm going against the cold for what the f I'm doing. I'm going against the cold. This is not the regular script that goes on with administrating this music. That I'm not waiting. Yeah. Waiting for what? Working on one project for months and months at a time? That the only time that I can do that with is a brand that I have established for years. And that's Frank and Dank. Mm -hmm. I can work that like that. But for myself starting up a new startup, no, nah, man, I got to push it. Instagram, I have to post all these damn posts. I got damn near 7,000 followers. I got damn near 18,000 posts. If I haven't showed you enough of what I'm doing and what I have done and who I'm connected with, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. I let everyone see as much as possible. There's no more that I can give. Now I'm looking for results. And the results that I'm looking for is not a dollar amount because I, I go I go out and I work and I have different streams to earn. Mm -hmm. So for me to be in this music, as I love to do, I'm having a ball. So I know I'm going against the cold because yeah. everybody's fishing for money for it. I'm not fishing for money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not fishing for money. My son shoot the videos. I don't give a if it's a if it's not a concept or it's a performance video. We getting it done. That's it. My oldest son, he and our the project. We getting it done. Do the artwork, the cover. Get all, I know all of the producers. I know all of the artists. I ain't even pulled the starting lineup off of the bench yet. There's no need. I'm letting the world see my brothers who I deal with on the regular. They already know the starting lineup. If I, if I go get the starting lineup to pull to pull off this phenomenal thing. There's no need to do that. I'm still building T to the D, me and Thrust. We still building that. So we got to jump on as many tracks as we can. Big Stretch, just working with Big Stretch. Thrust brought Big Stretch in. That's the homie. That's my brother. The most genuine that I have met in a long time. You know what I mean? Uh, Frankie, the film director. I got to get to him. This is a new guy. Whitey Dine, that's the OG of the OG. That's my guy. 
Don't <laughs> Canada, Toronto. Who else I got going on right here? Cyclone, Twist. That's another one that Thrust brought or the homie. But overall, my people that I deal with that I put on these projects, for sure I'm putting my son, man. So I got to get him as much exposure as I, that I can. He yeah. need to put as many songs under his belt, whether he liked the song or not. It's mm. important to do it. You know how many damn songs I've done that I didn't like, but I had to do it just because? And I'm thankful as that I did it. I'm so happy. Whether it was whack or whack beat or whatever, I'm so happy that I did it. It wasn't in vain. It was for something. It was needed. It was done. So I give my son the same thing and tell my brothers, anything that comes across, man, just do it. Get it done. Man, just get it done. Think of something. If we can just go into some of your new music, if you can just talk about your album, who you worked with, you know, some of the music producers and such, and maybe some of the hurdles to get it done, some of your insights, some of the things that you've learned, pros and cons up until now. Well, right now I got a new album come out October 25th, and that's called Fame. So that'll make it five albums in five months, 14 videos and one single. Um, what gave me the extra push was my oldest son and my younger son, um, because they sold into the music. My oldest son was doing something, and I was looking back at and uh, this was before my hard drive crashed. I was like, man, I need to put something out. He was like, Pop, you got all that music in your computer, put something out. So he helped me put together this, this thing called Organic. That was the first piece. I said, okay, let me just use DistroKid. Um, Stella using Delicious Vinyl, or something like that. So let me just try this distro kid, um, which is the same thing I put my son up on and, and, and put his music through, and it worked out. So from organic, it went to up on it to single, um, to a new day, to 100% pure, to strike, to fame. The hurdles for the projects was just uh, making sure that my guys who I'm getting to do the tracks they sent it back in a fast enough time so um, we can reach the um, the release date. Um, mm-hmm. Because if I say it's coming out at this time, that's when it's coming out. If I say it's the 25th, the 25th, that's the date. And I appreciate that. And I really love that feeling to tell the producer, if I'm, if I'm working with somebody, I say, yo, it's coming out this time, this date. It's coming out. And it's out. Every major platform, just like everybody else using. And like I said, the key to the thing is the PR. So if you don't have any money to pay for any PR, you got to go hard with every free thing that you got. You got to push. And you can't be ashamed to push. For real. You can't be ashamed to post. You can't be timid. You got to irritate people. You got to people's timeline. You got to be all in people's timeline. So they open up their shit. They're like, damn. Again? Yeah, for real. Because if you got numbers up under 7,000, I'm f***ing the whole timeline up. I'm in there. You're like, damn, this again? Don't let me get into the rhythm. I'll post 18 things. You'll be like, this is crazy. And if I get in the rhythm, I might put up 30. Lord, I'm putting up 30 for the day. I'm just feeling like that. Don't let me get into my Dilla mood because it's Dilla birthday every day. When they say Dilla changed my life, they can't even explain the thought, the theory, the love, the respect, the brotherhood for that right there. Changed my life. That's a f- understatement. He saved me from the f- trenches. Yeah. He's tons of 
niggas that can rap. Tons. But that wasn't the quota. That wasn't the script. Let me get my brother, since I had known him since 1984, my friend, my bro, has been loyal. Loyal. Everybody ain't loyal like that, you know? Everybody not loyal like that. Everybody can rap, sing, dance, and produce. That's just a, a given, you know what I mean? But having someone that's loyal, that's been with you and seen you go through puberty, teenager, grown and having a kid now. I went through all the levels with him. So that part from from, a, from me and you trading shoes, pants, and shirts to we flying on private. We on the stage getting gold records. We traveling all over the world. Five passports up. Um, all stamped, been in all different types of places all over the damn world. We never would have thought in the wildest dreams to be in these countries and being blessed to see these places. You know what I mean? So coming from the east side of Detroit, man, please. Can't man, please. <laughs> Shit. Very yeah. thankful and humble. I got to ask you this. You just touched on the general sentiment of that relationship. Let's say Jay was still alive right now. Man. What could have been? Like I read this story. I saw the interviews. You could just tell it was something special. Special, it's a blessed thing to say. I just told my son this today. I can't believe you just even said it because I said it to my son today. If Uncle Dilla was here right now, man, they have no idea what the would be going on right now. His nephew, Main Soul, would be a mega superstar. His brother, Illa J, would be bigger than what, be bigger and greater than what he is. Me and Frank would be on some whole other type of shit. Dankery Harvard would be on some whole other type of shit. And anybody that's connected to me, my brother Thrust, and the rest of the other family would be just even even just straight. It'd just be crazy. I can honestly say I can shed a tear for this right now. It's hurt to even say, to even think about it, because I see him on the other side. So I got to continue my grind. But you know what the thing is? He was here. Right. He did his thing. He made his impact, man. He put he stomped his footprint into the ground and he said, there you go. He told his job. He gave me a second win right now. He gave yeah. me a second win just to go. Dang, go, go, go. Have fun, man. You don't need nobody validation. Go do your thing. Yeah. Do your thing, my brother. Everybody got the same story. Your story and they story ain't no different. It's just to be. That's all. Yeah. Talking about Do Your Thing, I saw the video. I guess it was one of his last performances in Paris, I think. Yeah. Were you there on the stage with him? For and sure. what it kind was, of energy was in that house? That footage was my footage that you was watching. Um, that was Frank and Dank's European Vacation. That shit, that was one, that was the best tour I've ever been on. Um, one of the saddest, one of the saddest tours because... Um, we had put the tour off um, two times. We had postponed it two times. And then um, when Dilla was in California, he was with Common. He was like, um, I'm going to go do this tour. And Common asked him, uh, who is he doing the tour with? And he said, I'm going with Frank and Dang, Fat Cat, Dave New York, Tim, Ma Dukes, and Fat Cat. So 
she was like, uh, and, and Red Maddox. So Common was like, you know what? You good. Go ahead. Just go, go ahead. Just be careful and shit. So then my dude called us and said the tour is good. Dylan said he'll see us in London. So we flew to London. And because me and Frank had just got off tour. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just did a, we just did a 20-day tour in Europe. And I think we was home for maybe like three days. And then we jumped right over to that tour and just flew from where we was and went to London. And um, when we got to London, we was waiting for Dilla to come. And then he came in a wheelchair. So we were like, what the f- is going on? Because we haven't seen it because he had moved to California. We was, we stand in Toronto. So we like, what the, you know, you can't, you couldn't break down. You couldn't be extra or anything like that. Um, it's your brother right there. You can't make him feel the way because he's in a wheelchair or be on no crazy shit. Even though you hurt, you got to keep it cool um, till you get in close quarters for yourself. And um, then you deal with it, you know. After we met in the lobby and got in the cars and went to the hotel, shit, I was upset. Because my brother, who brought me to Europe now, he come this bitch in a wheelchair. He can't even walk around or, or shit. This is what the f- is going on. You know, I I didn't know how severe it was now. So now I'm like, what the f-? So I'm on 10 now. So each show, Dilla performed. He did his thing and it was phenomenal. Did his job like he came to do. Um, all the rumors, all the bullshit. He did come in a wheelchair to perform um, at 20 some shows all through Europe, uh, regardless of his sickness. He didn't go to dialysis or shit. Just dealt with it. Um, just dealt with it. The crowd opened it up like the Red Sea and they picked him up and they put him on the stage and shit. And um, uh, uh, Red Maddox told him, is y'all ready and shit? I was like, Dilla. Uh, he's like, man, they in here. He's like, man, I had to come see my people. And um, he asked, can he have some water so he can um, so he can get ready and do this shit? So I just talked, I said, I said a couple of words and shit, you know. It was emotional. And I told him to show the love, all the rooms all the bullshit. He brought his mama there too. And his mama came out, put up the peace sign. And then he just did his thing and he damn near wanted to jump out the wheelchair. And it was just so remarkable. Like just was just like the most remarkable thing ever. And the most pain that I would never, ever, ever, ever be able to put a bandage on. I carry my neck every night put him in the car and put his seatbelt on. He couldn't do that. I had to physically pick him up every night, put him in the van, and put his seatbelt on. He'd tell me, thank you. Thank you. When I saw that performance, I mean, I followed, you know, his career and stuff. And like I said, his interviews, the things that he was talking about, uh, some of the other tributes to him from like Fife Dog and stuff like that. I got to tell you, that performance, man, that was powerful, powerful. And let me tell you, you could feel the energy and the love coming out of that place, busting out, even through the computer screen, just busting out. And you the could love. see it's the genuine, man. It was real and you could feel it. The love, the energy. Man. Just to be able to be there for my brother. 
it was it's a remarkable thing. And I've been on a, a few tours with with Dilla. I went on the, this DJ tour with him, just me and him. Um, we had 30 dates. We was touring all over Europe. My first time going. Shit, he paid me $500 just to carry the records and host the party. <laughs> Best money. You do that by 30. Shit. That's so cool, man. I love hearing that stuff. I know it hurts. Listen, I know it hurts. But the thing is, though, you guys did make your impact. He did make his impact. People will never forget any of you guys. They won't forget Dilla ever. He didn't get the props he deserved back in the day. He basically was this low-level, humble dude, and he just kept to himself, did his crazy stuff. People couldn't even believe what was coming out of the turntable, out of those sessions, out of those tracks. They couldn't believe it. And to this day, people are like, wow, that's just like next level stuff. It's so out there. It's even beyond today. That's how good he was. Like I said, the energy that you guys had all together was just phenomenal. Just the fact that you guys brought that out so that we could listen to it, so that we could experience it, you know, thank you. Oh, for sure. you. I thank you so much. I uh, appreciate that uh, because a lot of different things um, people don't appreciate. And I must be honest, with a lot of loving, caring things that we allow the fans to see, Sometimes people don't appreciate that. Yeah. Um, we put out a um, Dilla Studios. We went to the D. Com said he was going to be there. So me and Frank went down, regular shit, go to the studio, chill, smoke some blunts, talk some shit. That's just what it is. Only me and Frank can do that. I've known the man since 1984. Nobody around has known him that long. So no, you cannot do a lot of shit. So we laugh and kick it, this, that, and the other. This is the routine. I'm telling a story about our old school history. Maybe us going to a club when we was kids or something. And then they will remember once I tell them the, 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 the particulars of the event. So I'll be rolling the blunt. Frank, he be looking at a magazine. If it's an artist or something there, um, the artist will be listening to the story and going through it. This is that and the other, blase, blase. And Dilla will be smiling, laughing, playing the record, looking for a loop of this is that and the other. That's what friends do. So when we filmed it and put it up, you know, people had the nerve to just be talking real greasy and disrespectful. I, I mean, like, it just, uh, just, it, it just was sad. I'm like, damn. Y'all talk about all oh, wise Frank and Dank talking and this, that, and the other. Won't you see Dilla trying to work and blah, 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 all these different things. But the funny part about the whole thing is they're not failing to realize who is allowing them to see this footage. I'm like, damn, you telling me y'all are really overlooking everything else, but not understanding who is allowing you to see this. I say, you know what, people are so selfish, and that's okay. So I had Dilla Studios part two. It was another part of us in the studio, which I have. I would never put it up. Never, ever, 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 ever. I would never let anyone see it, family, friend, or foe. They can't have it. That's it. 
It's only for my my own personal use. When I'm feeling sad and want to see my nigga, I put that in and I watch it my myself. It's not for people to look at things like that no more because people don't appreciate shit. So yeah. that part for me is that door right there, I had to close it because it hurt me. But I'm looking at all these comments. I'm like, damn, man, like, like, damn, man. And I wanted to come in and say something and try to do, like, but I just read and read. And I'm like, damn, man. I'm like, really? It scares me because to have a, a blessing to be able to see something that you know in any other given realm, you will not see it. Dilla would not film it for you to see it. Common for a show is not filming you to see it. So to have someone like myself to give you this blessings to see this, this is how you act? Really? You just really show your whole ass, yeah. crack and all, for no apparent reason, not just sitting back enjoying the footage of this studio that MCA built, that me and Frank helped pay for with our record deal, with our brother Common in there, pub and us, this, that, and our brother Common, that's the, the, the bro of the bro. Like, it's regular shit. But we just got our homie with the camera just filming some shit. I got to mention something here. Go for we it. started off the podcast and we started off doing our music stuff. We said, okay, let's reach out to Chocolaire, Socrates, Thrust, Everybody in Toronto, right? Yes. Most of them didn't even get back to us. Like they saw the message, whatever, no response. But those cats did. And we're like, okay, for real, we got these guys. Now what we're going to do is we're going to go support these guys. These guys didn't have to talk to us. They didn't have to respond. They didn't have to do anything. They said, yeah, go ahead. Use the music. Do your episode. Tell the people. Even Thrust. I got to tell you, so... As an outsider talking to you guys here in the squad, Thrust, man, he's just like, yeah, go ahead, do it, use it. And then we're just like, okay. So we put this stuff out and some of the response, we were going like, damn, we had no idea this stuff was coming out of Toronto. And we're like, that's right. And so now it's our mission to promote, to do whatever we can to support you guys, because I'm telling you, from my point of view, this is not coincidental, right? This didn't happen by chance, or this is not an accident, right? There are no coincidences in this life. No. I'm thinking that all of us were people that are loyal. We watch everybody else's back. We support each other. Like even my buddy Tom, Director Awesome, he's my co-host. Same thing. We're always looking at everything from the outside of the box. And we're just like, why? It's like we're trying to help people. We're trying to do things the right way. What's all the static coming back at us? And so now we see your squad, we see you guys, and we're like, we're just like these guys. We're all trying to support each other, uplift each other, bring ourselves forward. And that's what it comes down to. So I can understand why you didn't want to show part two to anybody because you got these biters and they're not worth the energy. They're not worth the time. And that's what I've learned throughout my years. So you know what? We focus on the ones like us together as a group. We bring ourselves forward and we just push and we keep going up and up in whatever field we're in, however we're doing it. That's what matters at the end of the day. That's what it comes down to. Yeah, that's it. At the end of the day, you stay close to the ones that's that's close like that. The ones that's, that's doing their thing. Um, all the people I deal with, they got a purpose and they're on a mission on their own. 
It's no standby or sitting or babysitting. Nobody, everybody got a task and they got a full leg dream of what, what they trying to do. And the biggest thing, everybody got a multitask. Like for me, I just can't sit and just wait on music like I used to. Those days is over. I got to go hit that clock because I got to get my salary. I need that. Uh, I need that check. Uh, I feel I feel weird if I don't have it. That's just a, a, a cycle that that's just part of me. Entrepreneur, music, merch, vinyl, CD, flash drives, earbuds, T-shirts, draws, all that. Yeah, sure. All of that. Even like talking to Thrust, you know, still working, doing the music, running around. <laughs> I see him like hardly getting any sleep these days. And I think that goes for everybody. We got our jobs. We do our extra thing on the side. I don't mean to cut you off, but you have to get rest. Yes. You have to get rest. That's just part of it. No rest. You won't be able to grow. I want to grow. I don't want to hurt myself or this is that and the other. As they say, is you working smart? Damn right I am. For sure. All the way around the damn table. Not just going for the 95 with the music too. Um, like I said, I'm going against the code. This ain't the usual code for me to administrate this music. But when you have a distribution company, that's your distribution company and your label and your own PR company, you going. I'm not waiting that. Yep. And I know all the dope producers. I ain't even pulled out like I said, I ain't even pulled out the major guns. It's not time for it yet. I'm just getting warmed up. I'm just letting everybody feel something. I ain't let them even see the full they ain't even seen the, the proper hand yet. They ain't even seen the hand yet. They seeing me play. Yeah, I'm playing. I'm playing like everybody else. Well, I ain't gonna say everybody else because everybody else ain't playing. Um, everybody else is semi-playing. When you plan, you have in results. And results just ain't somebody playing your shit on the radio. That's just not just a result. My results, what I look for is different. These things that I'm doing, they got to hit my Wikipedia. I need them to go on top of all the legacy shit that I have been doing all my life. And right now, that's what it's doing. It's going to my Wikipedia. Most people don't have a Wikipedia, so they can't even relate to it, even understand this type of conversation that I'm having. They know what that is. I've been and done multiple things to have a Wikipedia, but somebody can go see that. Damn, this is this you? I was working at a job. I was a detailer at this at this dealership, and one of the salesmen, he was a a big time photographer. And um, he was so geek about his Wikipedia, this, 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 that, and the other, blase, blase. But I was like, damn, that's dope. That's dope. And he's like, dude, do you do any any music or anything? I said, I do a little bit of music. He's like, for real? He's like, give me your name and I'll look for it. So I gave him my name. So I'm in, the, I'm in my bay. I'm working in the car. He ran back to the bay. He's like, are you kidding me? Yo, like, what are you doing here? Like, what? This is you? I'm like, yeah. He like, you gotta be kidding me. You have Wikipedia like this? With all of this? I gotta show this to David. I said, yo, don't show him that, man. He's like, why not? I said, yo, just keep it on the low, man. Just keep it on the low. Just keep it on the low. 
his man went and told everybody I do music in the job. So everybody went on crazy and just was extras with me and shit now. Now they all on YouTube, the salesmen looking at videos, quoting songs. I'm like, I'm like, Sam, I actually had to get away from the job because it got a little bit too much. I got a little bit too extra. Could you talk a little bit about your days of Frank and Dank? Um, is that still going? Is it sort of on hold? Because remember, uh, a lot of people here in Canada aren't aware of the U.S. hip hop, or especially in Detroit. Heck, they don't even know about Thrust, man. That's how sad things are. Oh, so they, just they, just to they, let everybody they actually, know. They actually here in Toronto, they know what is going on. Uh, they know about the movement. They know about Frank and Dank. Uh, Frank and Dank is for for is, is for life. Um, that never changes. But with Frank and Dank, um, that's actually a brand that's established and that's been branded by Jay Dilla himself. Mm, so okay. that actually gave us legs to do a lot of different things and go into a lot of different rooms where a lot of people can't even go into or even connect or even um, do things. So uh, like I say, Frank and Dank is forever, 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 ever, ever, always running. Um, but our process, how we administrate the music for Frank and Dank is totally different from the administration for Dankery Hard. Dankery Harv is just something new that I have created for myself on my downtime from Frank and Dank. Where that's where that actually came from. Because Frank and Dank only put out records once every year or every other year. It's not um fast process like how I do it. It's, it's not it's not like that. It's it's more concept staged more mapped out, more planned, more hands on top of it, more components working and moving it a uh, particular way and get the big label push and everything. With Dankery Harvey, it's just me. I'm the f label on yep. the run records. That's my own label and shit on the run records. My distributor is Distro Kid. I have a relationship with them now. It's been a long time coming to build this type of shit. Uh, I deal with Soul Spathom just as well, but I'm working with my, my brother Transformer. Seven Sun Records, they put out a lot of different shit over there too. But with um, Frank and Dank, it's forever always Frank and Dank. To never know um, Frank is the general. When Frank says it's time to go, it's time to go. Like I say, I still got to water my, my plan over here until that's ready to go, until it's a decision to do a new record, a new single. Um, but until then, you know, I thought of these situations with Dankery Harf, T to the D, Third Lane, My Sons, Big Stretch, etc. that it keep me occupied as I wait until we cook up the next piece. The last piece was our 20-year anniversary. 20 years of putting out vinyl, CD, tapes all around the world with major labels, with um, every last independent label out there, uh, Fat Beats up above, all of them, all of them, uh, Groovatech, all of them labels. I done something with and put out major vinyl. 
So like like I say, Frank and Dank is forever the brand. Frank is the general. Um, he's the general of the army. He keep us all sane and keep us all focused on what we got going on. Let me ask you your relationship with Thrust. For example, with the squad in Toronto, I don't know, maybe if you can give us just like an insight as to where this is all going and if you can just explain that. Being Thrust, that's my brother. I've known Thrust for 20 years. We always had T to the D. We had T to the D before we even did any music. Thrust and been with me in times where it was really extremely tight and up and been there and been there my rock to see me through a lot of shit. And I've been there for the same thing with him. Collectively, we're a brand, an up-and-coming brand, ourselves, with our thoughts and our ideas. His chest moves is my chest moves, too, because I educate him and um, I give him a, a piece of the playbook to administrate to the attack, how he attack on his Instagram, his conversation piece. My brother Thrust is a legend in Toronto, Canada. He did a lot of phenomenal things and was a major staple through here. Myself personally, as I see it out here, he don't get enough love like he's supposed to. He don't get enough love. He don't get enough respect like he's supposed to. Um, I think it's, it's lack of love and support from the people. They know who he is. Uh, his peers, they know what the deal is. But sometimes you got to let people be. When you let them be, and you rise above the dirt from the mud, as we say, and get back out there when actually you never even actually stopped. It's just that what we've been doing, it just ain't been on your, your plate on, on, on a radar. Everything that we do, it can't be on everybody's radar. Everything is timing. And, and like, I, like I said in the beginning of, the, of this podcast, patience is the biggest thing. If you don't have patience in this journey, you're going to get nothing done. If you don't have any loyalty in this journey, you ain't getting shit done, period. For me, and I can speak for him just as well, man, I don't want no fake love. You can keep that shit. Keep the fake love. I don't need it. I don't need the fake support. If you ride, you ride. And I know the ones that's riding. You can't just tap in. Like I said in one of my songs, this is not a playground over here. So don't play around over here. This is not a playground and shit. Don't play over in my area and shit because I've worked hard to build my little shit. And the same thing for him. He ain't worked hard to build his shit. I'm a foreigner from Toronto. I've been here 15 years. I'm a permanent resident now. My wife, my kids, my in-laws, my closest brothers and friends, I already know what it takes to to move and shake around this. But as we see, this music template in Toronto, where in Canada, is not one. It's no template. It's been destroyed. It's been destroyed and it hasn't been rebuilt. So there isn't a lane. You don't know who is who. You used to be able to know who is who and what is who is doing what. And I was to help for flow and other different situations that help the artist grow factor and all this, this, that, and the other. Man, it's I used to be blossoming. I used to hear all different types of artists on the radio all the time. Prime time. Not just on Tuesday night. No, that. I used to hear artists on the radio Monday to Sunday all day with Lil Red and Jay Wise on one um and all different types of 
was on the radio and shit. Uh, I come from the era on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you get half a million people in the club district. It's popping. This shit now, it's different, man. What was that catalyst that set it off? Personally, the city just got tired and the city got ran off by a lot of people with a lot of money, a lot of corporate money. And what they did was they destroyed the scene. I'm an outsider. I see what they did. They destroyed the scene because they seen the scene had started to get violent and crazy. So the whole club, ain't not one club that ever was in the club district is standing. All of it is a condo. Mm -hmm. So the condos took it all over. That's even like the government. Come on, man. Like they, they told that town to make a damn condo, sky bar, all these legendary shit, the whole club district. They changed the whole demographic of the music. They pushed it out. They didn't want it in Toronto no more. King Street is different because those little bars and restaurants is up underneath the, the clubs. That that ain't even really a club and shit like that. It's a different thing and shit. So it's a different generation. It's a different way of promoting, like the street teams and all that. Man, they took all this shit away. Universal is finally downtown in Toronto. Universal should have been downtown 15 years ago. It should have been downtown. All the record labels should have been downtown. But, you know, you live and you learn. You know, going forward, we're going to push you guys every chance we get. We're going to support you guys. I appreciate all the love and support. And I never forget the team and the people that helped out because everybody get a turn. Everybody get a turn. Some people get several turns. It depends on your humbleness and your and, and your genuine love for the blessing put there on the plate for you. You might constantly just keep getting blessed and blessed and blessed. He might pull it back just to see that you really want it and see could you really handle it. You know what I mean? But um, you know, it's a blessing for everybody. You gotta stay humble. You gotta stay humble, you gotta stay loyal. Can't jump ship just when you think something is bad or think the grass is greener on this side. Don't work that way, my friend. Yeah. Stay down so it's time to rise. And when you rise, in the end, you'll thank yourself like, damn, I stayed down. Look at this money. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know we totally went off script here, but if there's anything that you wanted to mention, a shout out to the people, whatever, it's open. Go for it. Hey, I just want to tell everybody out there, thank you all for all the love and support all these years. For Frank and Dane, for my brother Jay Diller, the whole crew. And just keep showing love, man. Not for just me, for yourself, for your people, for the next man. Just keep showing love. Keep working. Stay humble. And know that you got a reason to be doing what you're doing. It's a reason behind it all. So keep pushing. That's what's up. We're going to be posting all our information on our website, on our Instagram feed, at Jerky. We'll catch you in the next episode of Pod Jerky. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go now. Pod Jerky. <laughs>